I V M. Why just dream of a comfortable retirement when you can achieve it right away? Yes, you heard it right. National Pension System or NPS is a retirement scheme that enables you to save up for retirement in a systematic manner. In this, you can make regular contributions in the scheme to earn market-linked returns and secure a pension income in your post-retirement life. Also, you get to claim an extra deduction of up to rupees fifty thousand over and above the Section Eighty C benefit of rupees one point five lakh, and enjoy overall tax saving of up to rupees sixty two thousand four hundred. And now, you can get started with your NPS account on Paytm Money within minutes. Choose an asset allocation that suits your risk profile. and track your nps portfolio in real time ab nps ke liye bhi paytm karo folks welcome to paisa paisa i'm your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter and this is the planning with data special with thrive wealth we will talk about the role of technology and data in planning your finances for the long term and we know that technology and data is very important now when you're putting out a plan for the longer term for all your financial objectives and goals and you know this is even more important now in the current uh, uncertainty that that all of us not only in india but all over the world have been living in the past few months my guest today sudeep shikant swami chief thrive officer at thrive wealth and govind gopinath chief of staff at thrive wealth sudeep govind welcome to the show sudeep let's start with you bit of a background uh, welcome to yeah, the yeah. thanks a lot for doing this for our for our listeners Tell us about yourself and a, and a bit of a background. Go in, you go yes. next. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, Anupam. It's a delight and a privilege, definitely, to be on the show. Um, like, I look forward to the chat uh, over the next few minutes. So, I'll, I'll just give a quick background of uh, Thrive. Thrive essentially is a subsidiary uh, or venture of uh, O3 Capital, which is an investment bank and has been around uh, for about fourteen years. So, how did this? right idea come around like you know so that's that's the, that's how it started so we we have been working with a lot of family offices individual families and corporate treasuries and we realized like you know there is there is a, there is a set of things like you know set of disciplines and protocols which we follow like you know which actually helps these people uh, do well or prosper in their portfolios like you know this could be uh, things like asset allocation and uh, investing in multiple asset classes succession planning etc we thought why not we take this across Like you know, to a larger set of audience, the affluent uh, folks out there, and help them with this. And we thought, like you know, technology is the best way of doing this. And this is how Thrive was born a um, little while ago. It's been about fifteen uh, uh, months, like you know, a little more than fifteen months. We've been working on this, and this has been the journey of uh, Thrive. So I've been around in the market since '92. Uh, started as a stockbroker, like you know, so that's where all the experiences come. Like you know, I've been with J. Morgan Stanley, working with all these multiple families, etc. So. Like you know, as a team, like you know, each of us have this experience which we bring on the table. So yeah, that's okay. yeah, uh, go in. Go yeah, hey Anupam, yeah, thanks for having us here. Uh, as uh, you know, Sudeep said, so uh, the core thing here is you know, so from my background would be say being on the research side, helping out institutional investors kind of uh, choose stocks. So in a way, from those learnings to where we are right now is. Uh, learning about what they've done learning about how they've kind of looked at money families and institutions and trying to see if you know there is obviously a different way that families can invest right now and thrive is our initiative towards that trying to help families you know have the the same uh, the rigor and the same uh, mindset of say an institutional investor with respect to investing right that's so that's that's what we yeah you know so both of you all have Lot of experience on the institutional side that you're now offering to uh, probably HNIs and family offices, and there there are quite a few out there, particularly in Bangalore where you are based. And so I like the fact that you guys believe that asset allocation is the biggest deficient, is what you guys say. And and asset allocation is you know it's not just about investing, but also about discipline. So. let's talk about that peg let's talk about this very critical aspect where you feel that investing is just one part but asset allocation is 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 really the biggest discipline that is out there so let's talk about that yeah uh, i I'll, i'll start with this like you know in fact anupam uh, asset allocation is again just one part of the whole financial plan the whole well being of the individual investor uh, 
uh, which we will come to it uh, uh, as we go along. But like you know, first of all, uh, asset allocation. Uh, see, early in, in our career, like you know, at least uh, someone like me, like you know, I think uh, perhaps you also would be able to uh, recall those days where we used to buy stocks for investors, and there would be uh, tax-free bonds on the other sides. Uh, <laughs> asset, asset allocation meant only these two items, or a yeah. deposit of a bank. Uh, I'm, I'm going all the way back to '92, like you know, when perhaps I remember those days. I do. Yes. I- I I do remember that there there was just that there was debt and there were equity and there were stocks and there were tax free bonds and probably fixed deposits. Please go fixed on. Deposits, yeah, yeah. Like you know, we have this corporate fixed deposits and that was it. See, uh, we, we I I I used to notice right, like you know, and uh, like you know, a couple of our founders, like you know, we are all from the same batch, and when we used to have these conversations and we used to see few people used to make uh, money in the good times or why few why few people like you know many people used to make money in good times. But in the bad times, when the market drop happens, like you know, suddenly everybody's money would disappear. So we would see some amount of money making, but not the wealth creation as we know today. Like you know, frankly, like you know, I think we did not have all these jargons or words like wealth creation and all those things. Uh, we are just talking about making money. But over a period of time, we started realizing these things, and we started reading about a lot of these things. And there, there were always this set of people, uh, like you know, the classical uh, uh, families, like you know, which with their wisdom. They would say like you know, beta, देखो हमारा खाली fifty percent का पैसा stock में जाएगा. बाकी सब it will be in tax-free bonds or in some corporate deposits etc. And they would. Your Hindi, say, your, your Hindi is so good. Now I know you're somewhere <laughs> from the Lal Street. I love Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, really good Hindi. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, right from the Lal Street. Yes. So uh, like you know, then 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 these people like you know, we would notice they would say like you know, uh, the moment they make more than money than fifty percent. They would say like you know, ये ये पैसा निकाल लाएं market से like you know so we take it out and put it into the bonds and deposits like you know I mean little did you understand like you know this was the bedrock of what we call as asset allocation and all those nice theories or empirical studies which come in like you know I started observing I used to work with a lot of this kind of people like you know where they used to insist on doing these things and there was a whole set of folks like you know who would always say like you know hey boss ये बताओ like you know which is the best stock and which is the best idea like you know And mutual funds came much later, so mm-hmm. and we would always keep missing this money. So as we evolved, we started reading about this literature. And from as you know, like you know, literature was also not available. There was no yes, yes. there would always be some good souls like you know would start talking about these things. Like you know, we are uh, privileged to that extent, like you know, to meet all these people, including uh, great folks like Warren Buffett through their books and notes and studies. So you started uh, working on this, and like you know, then you realized uh, asset allocation is the bedrock. Like you know. I, Yeah. All you need to do is keep those money into uh, multiple parts. Like you know, it could be equities, it could be your business, it could be real estate, etc. And mm. uh, I I always quote the old uh, the Jewish uh, collection of uh, sayings like from Talmud, like you know, where the three parts going, one part goes into uh, business, one part goes into real estate, and the other part is money which you keep, like you know, which helps you uh, in any eventuality which we witness, like you know, which perhaps we'll talk about it as we talk about investing. I think I think well, I know that 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 actually goes back to the Talmud. Wow! That's oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 it goes into a few hundreds of years, I mean, thousand years actually. So <laughs> I think the the rabbis knew a lot more about this, and asset allocation yeah. perhaps has been around since those days in its mm. in a wonderful format. Actually, it was yeah. defined. There was it was actually codified. I mean, if you can use okay. that language today, it was codified, and I think a lot of our elders also knew about this as I was talking to you about the fifty fifty sure. rule, like you know. So so we we saw this. Experiential things, and then we related, started related to empirical studies. Okay. At, at, at the risk of you know actually sounding the like the number guy. Uh, <laughs> so go for it, as, yeah, as Sudeep says, right? It's a lot experiential, but it's also a lot on the on the theories that you can see. So you have Watson. You have a lot of research that actually tells you that all things accounted for, long term returns are defined. Ninety percent of it is defined just by your asset allocation. so to that extent right so when we think of thrive when we think any institutional investor also the first thing and the only thing probably that comes to their focus is this what is what are my buckets where am i allocating it to and i'm am i really sticking to it so and that's something that we we want to kind of that we do for clients here and yeah. we want to kind of spread that word and yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do okay so i'm going to make this very really specific to the current times and you know all of you uh, all of our listeners you and you also know this that you know these kind of events that we've had are i don't know once in 10 years maybe and i you guys 
Sudeep has been in, in the market long enough to know that uh, you had Harshad Bhatt in '92, you had the tech bubble bursting in 2000, you had the global financial crisis in 2008, and now you've got this. So it looks like every eight, ten years, you know, things just collapse. They all, all the best laid plans and all just totally go. They just unravel out there. So how do you address these concerns, and how do you manage money with such volatility? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this one makes everything else pale Sudeep, comparison. Actually, Sudeep, before you start, I think we should just tell, you know, what you actually said sometime back. This is actually, Gutta, you brought it out uh, here, Anupam. So I think when the crisis actually happened right before, uh, you know, initial days, you know, we, we were seeing what, 3 to 4% drops. Uh, I think Sudeep said, uh, Sudeep, or he must have made a, made a passing comment. She said, you know, this... Uh, a, there's only one thing that you know people come back to in the middle of all of this, right? So, uh, advisors as financial advisors, uh, our core work is actually right now. You know, when the markets are erratic, when the markets are volatile. So, to that extent, right? So, we've been actually very busy in the last few months compared to before. It's before it's it's actually pretty simple. You know, you have SIP set up, you have an asset allocation that is there, you've managed the portfolio. But these are times when, you know, we actually come into action. It's like when, when there is trouble is when we actually jump in. So, yeah, sorry to stop there, Sudeep. So I just yeah. wanted to jump in. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like, you know, the good times uh, would not need us. Like, you know, it's the bad times, like, you know, where we mm-hmm. step in. And, yeah, um, yeah I, as I was telling, like, COVID uh, makes everything else uh, failing comparison. Like, you know, it's so big and so huge. Like, you know, obviously we were shivering in our boots. Like, you know, but as Govind said, like, you know, we are paid to come out, come out and do the job. So, uh, uh, Anupam, I think you are asking, like, you know, how did we cope with this uh, whole experience, right? Like, you know, when uh, the the whole lockdown happened, and yeah, yeah, you know, just that. maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe you could just walk our listeners through what it was like to handle. I mean, and this crisis isn't over, by the way. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we are <laughs> we, we are recording this in mid June, and it'll probably you know play out somewhere <laughs> in July. Hopefully, by then things are better. Yes, but uh, I, you know, so how? What, you know, so how did you handle your clients? Okay, I, I think, uh, again, let's step back to this asset allocation principle. Frankly, like, you know, uh, I, I think that was the one which was uh, the savior for us. So what would have happened is, like, you know, typically we talk about all these uh, models, right? Like, you know, where we have uh, cash, uh, whatever the term out there is optionality. Or like, you know, we just, for simple language, we say, uh, we 40% cash, like, you know, we had a cash balance. And the market tracks. We have 60% in equity. So you are relatively better than the guy who has put his 100% into market and sees the market going down and he's not able to do anything other than look at the screen and say, my God, what's happening? But at least we had the resources to pick up the phone, talk to our clients and say, look, this is what we had planned for. Uh, like, you know, 60, 40, like, you know, we have the cash. Let's make use of the opportunity and start buying. But Times being different, every time it is different, and it is not easy. Like you know, people said, "What are you talking? We don't even know where we are." Not, not, not did we know, honestly, right? Like you know, we did not know what, where you are today. Uh, but we had to go out and apply these principles. And uh, clients, actually, many of the clients were ready to do. But perhaps, like you know, we could not. Like you know, let's say we wanted to invest about ten uh, percent of their capital. But like you know, what during conversation they'll say, "Okay, we'll at least start dibbling into the market two percent or three percent." This is actually what we did. We started nibbling into the market. Yes, we did not get the bottoms of the market, but on an average, we were able to buy through the uh, dips which uh, happened. And uh, of course, we are sitting fairly pretty. As you said, it, things are not over. But yeah, we, we, we will attribute this to uh, the Federal Reserve's uh, benevolence and Indian government benevolence. And of course, the good God somewhere up there, like, you know, yeah. trying, to, trying to fix things, like, you know, all these things. But I think that discipline of asset allocation uh, also helped. And we are just doing our jobs there. Like, you know, we are not even claiming that uh, uh, we, we had some secret sauce out there. This is out there for everybody to see. Everybody knows about it. It's just that during these times, you have to go and do it. I think as Govind pointed out, this is where we come in. And this is what we are sure. doing for. Sure. So, uh, so should, yeah. I'm sorry, Anupam. I'm sorry to kind of... Uh, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, so Anupam, uh, as Sudeep said, right? So this was, uh, this was important for us. But uh, the first thing before we we went into kind of investing itself, the first few uh, things that we focus on are, you know, obviously getting the the liquid bucket for families, making sure their health and their term insurances are covered for. It's only after you cover all of this that you come down to investing. So these are like your bare essentials. Now, when you come down to investing, you know, there is, 
as Sudeep said, there is, uh, you know, the asset allocation that's fixed and that's playing out. And then every second day you would see, you know, markets hitting 8,000, then it hits 7,500. Then, you know, you're, you're still thinking, you know, what to do. But for us, uh, thankfully, you know, we, we had to stick. We had the principle that, you know, we had asset allocation at the back that we had to stick to. So when it hits, say, 8,500, you know, there is a certain amount of money that you put in. Then you, when it goes to 8,000, you put a little bit more. So when it goes to say six, 7,500, you do two times that. So ultimately what's happening is you're, you're kind of aligning to the same asset allocation, but you're actually buying in a little cheaper and cheaper. So at the end of the day, at, okay, right now it's not the end yet, but you know, we still have a lot of cash optionality right now. We could have been very easily uh, 20 to 30% down. Right? Mm. So the smarter thing is we're 2% down. So it's, okay. it's, it's just that, you know, at that point in time, it's a lot behavioral, you know, you, it's very easy to say, you know what, I think the market is going to hit 6,000. You know, I don't want to do it, yeah, but right. uh, so you have, to, I, bet, yeah. I, I actually want to end this, you know, this, this first part on exactly what you said, the, the behavioral part, because if you're handholding a family office, if you're handholding an HNI, and uh, I'm, you know, and you're telling him that maybe he bought something. See, the market went from, so the Nifty went from 12 and a half to seven and a half and it went down in a straight line. It was the fastest drop in the, probably the history of the NSE recording the Nifty. That's like a 40% drop in, it. you know, it's, so the peak was in Jan, but that drop that happened till seven and a half thousand was, was, was very sharp and yeah. concentrated over a couple of maybe two weeks or something. And I think at that point of time, whether you're someone who has an SIP or you've got a 10 crore corpus, how do you guys crack the behavioral part? Because telling someone who bought at 10,000 and then again at 8,000 and then again at 7,500, he's seeing the value of his investment fall 20, 30% every time you're telling him to buy, number one. And number two, you know, for a lot of us guys who might not have that kind of a corpus, and I also know that a lot of the business families didn't have any visibility of their income over the next few months. And a lot of them still don't even today. How did you guys crack the behavioral part? I mean, A, I need money to invest. If I'm not sure what's going to happen, what do I do? And B, how do I tackle this thing that whatever I'm buying seems to be going down every time I buy? How did you, cry, uh, how did you guys crack this? I think, uh, like, you know, I'll, I'll just start and... Uh, yeah. See, uh, it goes back to the financial plan that you guys do. And it is like, you know, I, I want to reiterate, like, you know, it is not just the affluent people here. These are people with regular salaries, like, you know, not really uh, big corpuses and all. So what goes into that equity part, like, you know, that asset allocation, though that there is a small cash involved, but it is already assumed that this is the risky capital. Like, you know, if I can lose that uh, jargon a little bit out there. So, like, you know, there is a cash which is provided for them in the financial plan. Like, you know, which is the larger thing, like, you know, so what they need for six months or 12 months, like, you know, so we break it up into those details. So what is here in this particular stock plan or the asset allocation plan, the 30% or 40% cash lying on the table is to take advantage of the opportunities market has provided. And we would have had this conversation when we were making the plan. So in a sense, we had prepped them, like, you know, this is exactly what we are doing. I think as the Japanese say, 80% planning and 20% execution, perhaps it kind of helped us because when we were on the phone with these people, like, you know, I think Govin was on the hotlines with a lot of investors, like, you know, I was talking, everybody was talking to the investors and there was a lot of questions, of course, like, you know, it is not that like, you know, we are just getting, I just go ahead. Uh, thing. But I think making them prepare for the whole thing, I think had a huge advantage for us to go out and actually execute it. Sure, sure. Okay. Think, yeah, so, yeah, so Sudeep, you actually nailed it. So it's it's actually exactly that because uh, uh, one thing is yes we're not for the HNIs or before affluence also right so we have salaried people people who have a regular flow of income a regular flow of savings that's coming into their uh, corpus so one thing is we had that optionality also right? so one is you have a corpus that's setting sixty percent equity forty percent debt but you also have regular cash flow coming in every month so that was a big benefit. Second and most important was that when we do a plan or when we communicate it to a person about, you know, we're we entering 60% equity, there is an obvious understanding that, you know what, I'm not going to give you a 15% return scheme here. I'm, I'm giving you something that's 
I'm baking in a 10% or a, a maximum 11%. And mm. there is a very high chance that, you know, you could see negative 30% also. But I would be mm. there and I will try to chip in and get you on the lows. But over the long term, I'm not going to do it for two years, three years for you. I'm planning you for, for the next 20 years. So if it's 20 years that you're looking at, I'm going to chip in at the lows and I'm going to give you that return at the end of it. Right? So right. it's... it's uh, it's a communication that you have to probably tell them up front when you're doing the plan itself that, you sure. know, you are going to face this. It's it's coronavirus right now. It could be a bankruptcy uh, a year later. It could be the mm. Modi government going down maybe sometime. So at every point in time, it's going to happen. It's a cycle. It's definitely going to be there. But are you, are you going to be prepared for it? We will be. We will sure. be prepared for it. That's... Uh, yeah, got it. Anupam, just to so add, like, you know, in, in fact, we Please. even go to the extent of talking to people, especially in Bangalore, when we, where we have started, right? Like, you know, mm. so we talk about the impact in the US, like, you know, what can happen? Technology is going to get affected. IT is going to get affected. So does that mean job losses here? So folks here, like, you know, people who are talking to us can get affected. We actually right. discuss these kind of things when we were actually preparing. Yeah, so for I, the, the first thing, I think we we did something just today in the morning where somebody reached out and told us that, you know, we're seeing a 10% salary cut over the next, he doesn't know when it's going to kind of, uh, you know, stop. And so we have to reconfigure the plan right now. So he has a set of goals. There are certain things that has to happen. His asset allocation needs to change. So yeah, it's, it's people. So I think the advisor and the client relationship is, is paramount here, right? It's, it's, I'm, he needs to understand that the advisor is, is not selling him a product. I'm not selling you anything. I am on your side of the table. I'm going to be on your side for the next how many ever years. So you, uh, you should, that understanding that, that he has that, you know, I'm going to make the right decision is, has to come out with the plan. It has to come out when sure. you get in his data and, you know, tell him that this is what I'm going to do. So yeah. that, I think that, that getting that understanding is important up front. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to exploring exactly those angles on the other side of this break. So we'll take a small break out here. Uh, this is the Planning with Data Special with Thrive Wealth. My guest, like I said today, our, our Sudeep Srikant Swami, Chief Thrive Officer at Thrive Wealth and Govind Gopinath, Chief of Staff at Thrive Wealth. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk exactly about what Govind said, hand-holding of clients and how you use data and how you use a plan and how you have a long-term vision and how Thrive does it Hey everybody, welcome to another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. If you haven't following us on social media, please do. We're IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money and Intel. Their support is much appreciated. Before I tell you about some of the shows that we have for you this week, I really wanted to kind of really point out the incredible efforts of our host and our team. We've been able to maintain most of our production schedule in this lockdown, which is going into four months now. And I couldn't be happier with the fact that our hosts and team have been able to kind of just get all of this stuff out so incredibly well. So I just really, really wanted to kind of call them out for that and thank them for their support in this time. And since I spent so much time talking about that and I want to get you out of here quickly, let me give you a quick update on a few shows that you should check out this week. On Ciders, we had Amish Tripathi, really, really interesting discussion, both of them dive deep into history. Monty Panesar was on Edges and Sledges, another really cool show on Advertising is Dead, Then My Butt Showed Up. That was a cool episode. Malini Agarwal, also probably better known as Miss Malini, showed up on Absolutely Right. It's just been an absolutely gangbusters week in terms of like the kind of guests we've had and the conversations we've had on the network. Please, please do check some stuff out. And with that, let's get you back to your show. Folks, welcome back to Pesa Vesa and this is the Planning with Data Special with Thrive Wealth. My guest, Sudeep Shikant Swami, Chief Thrive Officer at Thrive Wealth and Govind Kopina, Chief of Staff at Thrive Wealth. On the first part uh, of this episode, we were talking about stuff like asset allocation, the concept in general, uh, and of course, how these very challenging times make it a bit difficult. But if you've got the right advisor who can handhold you through main decisions and build in a discipline, you know, things don't have to be that bad. So now in this in this second half, we're going to talk about Thrive Wealth, the, uh, the organization, the setup, their funders, their beliefs, and how they operate. So, so we go in, welcome back. Now, let's talk about Thrive, okay? Um, yeah. You know, you guys are based in Bangalore. Bangalore is all about technology. Uh, <laughs> there's so many of you all out there, uh, you know, software companies and startups. And so, what is Thrive about, you know? And how, how are you guys different from other advisors out there? Because I've had plenty of... Uh, People, you know, financial startups from uh, from Bangalore. What is different about Thrive 
And interestingly, I see that you call yourself financial navigators. So let's let's start from here. Thank okay. you. Uh, Sleep, shall I take it? Yeah, please go. Yeah, so uh, Anupam, a uh, good thing that you mentioned that, you know, tech, Bangalore, the first thing that, you know, comes to your mind is, you know, whether we are AI, ML, we are not, we are not that. <laughs> so we are, we are, you're uh, simple data-driven financial advisors. So what, what I mean by data-driven is we are, in essence, very unbiased. But um, there are three things that, you know, I really want to tell that, that we kind of focus on and that I think is really relevant for people who listen as well. So about us, one is... Um, for the segment that, you know, we kind of, or the clients that we kind of cater to, the one thing that they have, you know, is probably investing themselves or, you know, going to uh, bank representatives or, you know, or IFAs. So what we are in essence is, you know, we're taking the good parts of all of this. We're taking good parts of the bank, we're taking good parts of the IFA. And in a way, uh, it's, think of us like an institutional RA, right? So if an IFA has an institutional banking, that's that's thrive. So to start off with, the first thing that you know I would try to highlight is that we are intensely on the client side. We think, breathe, we we do things only for him, right? So there is him or her. So we don't. There is absolutely uh, no commission. There is no sales. There's nothing. So mm-hmm. if if it's right by you, if it's right by your family, we do it, and we don't hesitate to call a spade a spade, right? So if you've done something wrong, I'm going to tell you it's wrong. I'm going to do something right. So that's sure. that's something that we hold in uh, uh, very close. Then second is we uh, we have the rigor, right? So if it comes to making any decision for, say, a family or you know an individual, so there is that rigor and that bench strength that is there at the back. So we have a research team. There's an advisory team that actually puts in the hours, puts in the research to get the best solution out. So. In that sense, you know, we have the resource strength for bank and we think like you, like an IFA. So, so in essence, we're just combining the best parts of these. And third, and you know, the most, I think the most important thing out of this whole exercise, you know, what we've realized is it's, it's not always about investing. You know, we always think it's just investing, but you know, you need to cover your basis first, which is get, get your taxes in place, get your insurance in place, make sure you have the loans in the right amounts, and then you come to investing. So, so we do the whole nine yards with respect to financial life of families. So okay. that's, that's how we're different. That's, and uh, all of this is still typically like a financial advisor, but uh, one key aspect, you know, which I think I want to talk to you about is, is how we use data. I think uh, that's uh, when we use, when we think about data itself, it's, it's the reason why we use it is, is not because, you know, it's easy to put together data, throw out analysis, put out a model, it's uh, data speaks a lot, right? So it's, it's very unbiased in the sense that if, if I know something about a family uh, with pure, with numbers and with uh, ones and zeros, I'm able to kind of put together advice, which then, um, you know, I'm able to roll out quicker, faster. And it's, and it's, it's not biased by what an advisor thinks. It's not biased by what an ops person thinks. It's not biased by what an investment manager thinks. So, to that extent, our entire planning process is heavily bent on data. So it wasn't three, it was actually four, but yeah, that's, that's how we're yeah. different. Sorry? Yeah. So uh, I, I'll, I'll go into the, uh, like, you know, a little bit on the philosophical side, like, you know, uh, how time would be different. See, uh, like, you know, we are seeing, like, you know, how the most of the industry is structured, uh, structured around, right? I mean, I, I don't want to point fingers any, at any, anything or anyone because I am part of it. I, I come from one of those larger uh, uh, wealth management firms, like global wealth management firms, where the customer actually at some point becomes a target. I mean, Anupam, I think you would have noticed from your experience also. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, you know, you know, it all boils down to what is it you are doing as a firm. Right now, we want to put that, like, you know, with a lot of experience, like, you know, there are a lot of clients, fortunately, like, you know, who have been working with, Many of us, like, you know, people like me, like, you know, we've been working for 20, 25 years. This client still work with us, touch So that shows, like, you know, that we have been doing something right. Like, you know, we've not been uh, doing the wrong things. And even if you have done something wrong, I mean, obviously, like, you know, we'll do a lot of wrong, uh, wrong things as in mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not of commission. It's like, you know, omission. It happens, like, you know, by uh, investment. Uh, investment is like that, right? So, but we go and tell, look, I mean, this is, this is what went wrong, etc. So coming to the point, we wanted to 
create an organization like you know where customer is not a target but he is on the center of what we can give like you know the client comes first is a philosophy which we wanted to imbibe and God. we were trying to solve a money problem to a larger set of audience and thankfully the technology was enabling it in today's world and uh, like you know we were able to use that like you know and reach out to a larger set of audience like you know, as going was pointing out like you know i think uh, going stream going can uh, talk a little bit more yeah. on that i think they collect about 500 data points like you know when we are talking to customers so, so i think yeah so sweep so this uh, what sweep said actually uh, is important here so i think mm-hmm. before thrive we were uh, and we continue to be also helping larger families right so here the engagement levels are really high so you have a lot of moving parts but uh, ultimately as with asset allocation you realize you know there are there are only five or six moving parts that you actually need these five or six moving parts would work if you have a 5 lakh corpus if you have a 1 crore corpus even if you have a 25 crore corpus so can i just focus on those five parts those five things and yeah. uh, you know build a tech system such that my advisor right now can cater to 300 families yeah. at the same time so that's more the focus so the process and the tech is more about aligning what the advisor the advice that goes out it's about bringing the advice very aligned to the client that's why the tech comes in that's why we use data it's not about uh, okay. making it convenient to invest yeah, yeah. it I'm takes out the uh, yeah no i just want to tell like no, no, sorry, go on, sorry, go on, go on. yeah please so this go on it go takes, on it takes out the advisor bias out like you know i i talk about myself maybe 10 years back if you are talking to uh, me like you know i would always give like you know i would tell you what the firm is thinking what the dunia is thinking and i would also uh, say lekin main sochta hu mere i you know i'll always give my bit like you know i think uh, okay. you know i think or my opinion like you know in whatever format uh, i want to give see if you want uh, to take this advisor bias the last mile bias actually can do a lot of damage right yeah. like you know so i think this technology what we are building in is it's like you know more about that in fact as one of our founders uh, sham keeps mentioning let's build tech with touch which is what we are trying to do like uh, you know, yeah. there is a human human being out there like you know creating uh, that uh, warmth out there to have a conversation but at the same uh, time everything is digitized like you know so this is the risk management the controls the last mile delivery is what the first mile is thinking like you know should be done in the month in the investing or it could be the financial planning so that's yeah. the control which technology is bringing okay i'm you know my uh, bangalore got a really lot of fintech startups out there that <laughs> so uh, just, yeah. on the robo and you know so yeah that's the thing i was just going to say robo so yeah i actually meant that so a lot of people think that removing human biases removing a lot of you know emotion and all that and just saying okay this is what my algo says this is what my ai says this is what my machine language says and boom i am going to mess up with this this is you know this is all just what the algo is telling me to do so if that's being done by the robo advisors mm-hmm. then how are you guys standing apart you know and because i see a bit of a contradiction out here Correct. you're talking about a touch you're talking about open advisors advisors touch at the last mile but your back end is entirely tech driven so how do you reconcile these things and how are you different from a plain vanilla robo advisor robo advisor so uh, uh sudeep can i take that yeah please go ahead so uh two things here uh, arupam so one is you can you know you can go to any i think robo advisor plenty here so you put in like four five <laughs> details it would yeah uh give you an asset allocation you can invest but um, so here when we talk about data right it's uh, it's it's about the family right so it's income expenses its goals its what he holds as assets liabilities net worth not just that there is also some personality traits of the person right so there are certain things about the family that you know they prefer that they want which you know are also important so if you know if there was a seamless system where people would be able to trust technology and give them this kind of data and that technology is able to drive decisions then you know we we wouldn't need advisors but the honest need of why we need advisors is because of that the trust right so mm. there is that kind of data which uh, which is not very easy for the the customer to kind of elucidate and give but the advisor is able to perceive that by just reading his mind by just speaking with the client so that is something that you know is is hard it's difficult it's so when you when you try to put a model when you try to do it you can always find something that's optimum but sometimes optimum is not good for the family they they don't want optimum they want something that's low risk right so those are aspects that you know a tech system 
should ideally capture it probably will capture at some point in time but you know mm-hmm. those are touches that only the advisor can get he speaks okay. to you for 30 seconds he knows exactly what needs to be done sure. and uh, second i think we just spoke about that a while back right with with those moves that we did when it was 7500 and 8500 quite honestly i don't think so anybody will trust tech there right mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to trust tech it's it's you need the able hands of somebody who's seen the experience if they were able to build that trust with tech then yeah we don't need advisors but it's not there right so advisors are a key portion in this entire piece they they are the people who build uh, the trust and you know yeah, get the right I, yeah i know i you know it's just that when i uh, and again here i'm probably talking of a different profile but still i think yeah. the broader point of it that you, for the last 5 years i trusted my advisor and religiously i've been doing my sips you know he had some kind of model some kind of excel file that said that yeah. for the financial goal of buying a house and you know and five years i've been maybe even 10 years i've been doing my sfp religiously and then you've got the market that falls 40% you wiped out i don't know how many years of uh, gains in the matter of weeks and my, my you know my equity portfolio goes for a toss and even if you've got me at a 60 40 split you've got 60% of the portfolio just pulling me down to probably zero 40% is giving me i don't know max for 8 9% a year add a bit of 10 12% if you have a credit risk fund and good lord look what happened to credit risk funds yeah i'm putting this to both of you guys uh-huh. just make sense of this for me right mm. so you know, because uh, an advisor has a very difficult job and i think okay. that you guys are in a great position out there to actually capitalize given the kind of background that you have you know? so help our listeners understand this angle of both tech and advice out here and, okay. and actually you know what make this specific to this current how about this okay let's just make this very specific how did you guys handle your clients during that very very rough second half of march and what were if there were any lessons that you guys can share for us for a list for our listeners right yeah yeah uh, go ahead i just go first, uh, first so okay. yeah uh, i know like you know see uh, i think like you know we did mention uh, earlier like you know so when this thing happened so perhaps like you know i think uh, a robotech uh, would actually give a a beep or a message um, telling a person like you know okay look this is a reallocation strategy like you know because market has come down this to this level like you know so you go out and implement there might be a few people out there like you know who might actually go out and do it like you know but we know like you know it is a very very small audience so here in our model which is a hybrid model like you know so the advice is static the advice is going from the firm right so the advisor is not going to interpret it in any format he is actually going to talk to the client that look this is what has already been sent to you i have just mm-hmm. called you like you know just to have a chat with you like you know and can you go ahead and enable this mm. okay? okay and and yeah. i think people on that day appreciate a warm voice on the other side to reassure okay look i have a plan we are still sticking to the plan and let's go out and implement the plan so there might be a variance there might be concerns like you know people might be panicking more Like, you know yeah. there, there are there are people who are, who are really cool and say hey i was waiting right for this opportunity i want to buy so i think like you know okay we didn't find oh, anybody like that lot of <laughs> lot of lot of people did man look at the so two things right one i'm sure you've read about it so robin hood yeah. army has come up in the us and they've been having some wild turns and then yeah. out here i believe a couple of nirota for example had a massive uh, sign up of ppi yeah. surgeon accounts so i get what you're saying go on please yes. so like you know i think when we when we go out and talk to those people like you know i think uh, uh, i'm telling from even i have been talking to many people who has been talking to clients so like you know it was like all hands on deck like you know we were talking mm. to the customers and i think we could see the difference right we are clear in our mind what is it we are talking okay we are not we, we are not even telling market will recover market uh, like you know something will happen we don't know we don't have a clue we are all we are telling is look we have this plan this is how it needs to go let's let's go out and take take a dive if we have the courage but we none of us had the courage so we'll stop start just dipping our feet into the water and like you know see how it goes so is what we did i think that is where the touch is making a big difference yeah sticking with so, the plan and, sticking with the plan i think and, ultimately all all plans go to waste if you don't implement them so right, as mike tyson said everybody thinks they got a plan till they get punched until you get it on the face yes absolutely <laughs> so yeah and uh, also just one more thing like you know yeah, like which you are uh, uh, talking about uh, Uh, like you know your investments like you know five years of uh, investment sips like you know that's been a common problem but i think uh, hopefully indians have been mostly sticking around like you know but the nature of equity markets uh, you also know is uh, mm-hmm. something uh, like you know your returns can like you know 
stay nowhere for five six years, but it can suddenly happen in those fifteen days or ten yeah, days, like yeah. you know, which 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 is actually what happened. Like you know, we yeah. would have seen those missed days studies in the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, the equity side, yeah, the equity side is something that I could you know grasp because that's we've seen this. That side was damn depressing. I mean, you, oh, there was okay. there was there was three four days when liquid funds froze. I mean, my God, liquid funds freezing. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that's. <laughs> I I don't think that's happened. I remember back no. in two thousand eight in the US, money market funds broke the buck, which is broke you know which buck, is fine. Yes. They have a massive, they have a large and liquid uh, market out there on the debt side. We don't. When something yeah. like that feels over, you know. So anyway, go on. Yeah. So it's cardinal, but again, like you know, on the debt, I have a little bit uh, quick one. I'll uh, just add to that. Please, please. So yeah. when we when we are talking about asset allocation out here, like you know, as a principle, it's a principle. Like you know, somebody can. Mm. Say like you know you're 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 not correct in this, but this is our philosophy out here. So what we say is debt is something which you use to protect your capital, not to arrive at returns. You are going to use equity for that, not debt. So what do you do with debt? You're not going to punt on like you know how much money can I make out there. All I'm mm. going to say is like you know can I park my money in absolute safety, right? Sure. And like you know can I just get that accrual income like you know for parking that? So that is what I am looking for, and that is what we stuck to. In fact, uh, during this crisis, what we did was we took the money out, like you know, and put it out across uh, invested across uh, overnight funds, which was yielding little in return. But we told this is flight to safety. We mm. do not want to take any chances. Let us mm. just sit there. And people are like you know, there were some murmurs like you know, which came in like you know, are you sure like you know, this this sub four percent etc. But yeah, we are talking yeah, about hundred yeah. percent of your capital. Forget about your two yeah. percent uh, sacrifice which you are doing. So. Sure. So that that was the thing, like you know. So okay. Yeah, so the, so yeah, so I kind of want to break down the answer into two parts. First, I think we were uh, first is just understanding where tech is playing right now. So where tech plays for us currently is three aspects. So one is a uh, really smooth way of getting data into the system, which is you know your account statement. You have zero the account uh, logins. So there's very smooth flow of data in terms of your financial holdings. Second place is you know there is seamless uh, ways in which you can place orders, right? So the advisor can place a request for an order, and the, all the client needs to do is just approve the order and gets passed on a zero account. The third and pieces, you know, this whole planning architecture where you know there is so much of data about the client that we have, and that defines an asset allocation, and which also defines what insurance cover, what health cover, everything is also in place. Now, given that this is the tech. Uh, stack that we have now there are two things that you can see so one is you know the advisor has a certain number of decisions in his bandwidth and there are some firm level decisions also right so the advisor level decisions are you know making sure the asset allocation is spot on right so making sure that you know this family gets a 60 40 and not say an 80 20 so that's his purview what the firm does or the for us is you know now that i know that you know allocations are between 20% equity to 80% equity across say five portfolios that we have now does it mandate that i need to change my allocation given the the way the market is right so so if there was a person i'll tell you what happened over the last say three months but what we did is basically when when equity actually went down to say wherever it was say 9000 so we had a lot of these portfolios that a 60 40 went to say 45 55 and even another portfolio which was say 80 20 went down to say about 60 40 right so our thing was okay you know you have 80 20 right now let's let's do something else you know let's you have an 80 20 let's make it 85 15 a 60 40 goes out 65 35 that's a firm level call right but the portfolio what the advisor is seeing is roughly the same it's that uh, risk uh, portfolio for the client so the advisor's bandwidth of decisions are you know making sure that he each client has the right portfolio but the firm is you know the decisions which the advisor does not take so we take a call and you know how do we move the allocations so that's so it plays to both strengths because in a way the advisor is the one closest to the client right so he understands you know what is the mm. risk bucket that needs to be put in and we we the central team which is the research team is just looking at the portfolios just looking at you know these are the five portfolios i have baked in this return and this standard deviation Sure. And I know the opportune time is right now. Can I make a change? Sure. So that's the way it plays out, and that's the way we played out for clients as well. So when it happened, okay. And uh, we were fortunate because, um, to a large extent, you know, all our clients have that inflow of money that's coming in. I think I mentioned this before. 
which really helped us. Did, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of money sitting in cash and we were able to allocate that too. We stopped all SIPs. We said, even now we're not doing all the SIPs. Everything is sitting in cash. And whatever came in, we were able to allocate. So that optionality, which actually thanks to Zero, Zero gives us that opportunity to you know, get that modify SIPs, create SIPs at the back at with ease, right? So that execution hassle for the advisor is done. He's able to get that data is, and seriously. I, yeah. So, so that is really surprising. So you guys actually had a specific advice to stop SIPs, huh? Yeah, we've stopped SIPs right now. All the money is just sitting in Very interesting. And that flexibility that you have is thanks to coin, I guess, because that's what... Yeah, you know, we're using uh, coin. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I haven't heard of a lot of people who actually, you know, are giving that kind of specific advice to stop your SIP. You know, I, my SIPs are still going on, for example, because I, I have my own uh, set of beliefs. But, okay, anyway, so... Uh, I guess no, you I need a slip. That would be, no, no, no. That would so be the part of the plan. Yeah. No, no, yeah, so this, no, no, of course, of course, of course. I'm sure. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm saying that you have a specific advice that says stop, and I'm sure that you will also follow it up with start. You know, so you have a you have a plan, you have data that backs your uh, you know, that backs your advice. Am I right on that? Right. And the That's thing right. is it's it's uh, these calls, these certain calls are say driven by the firm, right? It's not the advisor mm-hmm. driven. So it's that that clean balance between what the advisor defines and what the firm, the central research team defines that you know, make uh, the portfolio. Got it, got it, got it. So this itself is a really interesting topic. I wish I could, I, you know, I had more time on the show to go go into it. But this is it, guys. The last question, uh, the really important one, the specific stuff so that our listeners can really gain from your insights. Okay, I want you to give me uh, probably three mistakes that you guys see, um, not only in investing, by the way, but in personal finance in general. Okay. And then coming in from that, from those three mistakes, what do you guys want to tell our listeners? You know, when they're making either their personal finance decisions or when they're choosing an advisor or just how to make smarter, you know, how to make smarter decisions about money. So let's kind of wrap the entire episode with some very specific learnings for our listeners. Let's start with the mistakes, actually. I would really be interested in knowing because uh, don't know where to start is, actually. Yeah, yeah. Go, <laughs> go, go, go with us, a lot of examples. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I, I know that. But just, you know, let's just stick with three. Maybe if you yeah, guys yeah, have okay. something written out there on a blog or something, you can share that, it with us. Yeah, so the, the, the holy grail of mistakes is, I think, insurance 101, right? So that's, wow. the, that's the holy grail right. of everything. And uh, quite honestly, almost everybody gets into it because it's, Actually, even my, I have a personal experience and that's one of the main reasons that's my driving forces also is that... Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I, I should make a list of mine too, but anyway, go on. Sorry, please. Because, you know, I just, after college, I just came back and, you know, I, I, I came home and I realized I had a policy on my name. didn't realize what it was. So, so this is, uh, in, there is always that sense of going towards guaranteed income, guaranteed return, you know, safe investment. You know, it comes with insurance, which which downright ends up being one of the biggest mistakes that, you know, people tend to make. And it's not one, it ends up being five, six, maybe 15, maybe even 20, right? Imagine 20 different policies, all of them, even if you add them up, they don't cover for your term insurance. All right. So the policy cover is bad. Plus your return is 3%. You know, that's, it's a sin to actually get into that. So, and we find it so, we went through so much of an exercise, you know, to kind of figure out, okay, which is the one that you can sell, which is the one that you need to keep, what is the one that will give you a redeemable value that's good enough? It's intense. It's very intense. It's, but yeah, that's that's. I think it's not. I I've noticed it across everyone, right? It's and we often keep saying, you know, that India is so underpenetrated in terms of insurance. I think we are we are not. We are just okay. overpenetrated with the wrong insurance. Wrong, yeah. right? Amazing. It's, so, yeah. so you guys are saying that whether it's an HNI, whether it's a family office, whether it's a regular guy, whoever it is, there is some insurance. story on insurance products there. Is that, yeah, yeah. Have I got you right out there? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, especially the, whether it's uh, family offices, of course, they would not be into this. The affluent guys and the, uh, the everyday Joe. Like, you know, when we, when, we, when we are doing financial planning, we take the inventory of what they hold, right? So, and Bob comes a whole inventory of insurance policies, like, you know, there is always a brother-in-law policy which is there in the arsenal. 
So, <laughs> you know, like so, the brother-in-law angle. Yeah, well, but actually, you know, that's fine. Actually, that's you can find it, study, you'll find it there. <laughs> the, 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 Anupam, the, the, the wrong thing here is, okay, maybe not the wrong, it's that the term health is not satisfied, mm. right? You, mm. you give, you take the policy, but satisfy your term and health, do that first. But okay. that's, even that's something that, you know, we find yeah. hard. We don't find no, it. I get it. I've, I've, I've had a few shows. I've had, you know, I've been very lucky to get some really cool people from the insurance side. And thankfully, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the messaging is changing, whether it's a ULIP or whether it's whatever, you know, those, those kind of products or whether it's the health insurance side. Okay, ticket. That's number one. You said that's a holy grail of mistakes. Yeah. I don't know if there is such a thing, but okay, I get the point. Right. Uh, Go on. Uh, Sudeep, you want to... Yeah, then I think, uh, I think it's a very Indian trait, like, you know, so uh, heavy dependence on real estate. Uh, like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a tough one. Hey, come on, boy. guys, you're in Bangalore. Back to real estate <laughs> is hot. How can you fault someone for having real estate oh, yeah, in their portfolio? Yeah, but quite honestly, you know, <laughs> I think a larger portion of people want to sell their real estate rather than buy right now. So it's 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 <laughs> not yeah but yeah go on, go people on. people went on accumulating uh, uh, real estate like you know uh, thinking like you know this is this is the uh, asset class like you know which is going to fetch them return because they were just going by hindsight right like you know so yeah. the previous twenty years were good and like you know so you could never go wrong in buying real estate but uh, when you buy those apartments with those loans like you know you you end up with actually no return and uh, like you know and liquidity I think that is the biggest problem like you know so. When they want the money, they will never be able to sell this. I mean, we all know that. Like, you know, it's yeah. so difficult. And and you always need money when everybody needs money. So that means there is a glut. <laughs> so so I, I think this goes back to, again, circles back to the asset allocation. So okay. if you have a heavy uh, real, estate, real estate out there and like, you, know, you have very little financial assets. But I think the tide is turning. Like, you know, it could be because of uh, legislation and the new mm-hmm. um, uh, regulations or whatever, like, you know, which is making it much more... Uh, Beneficial to hope financial, hold financial assets. I think people yeah. are uh, seeing through those things, and I think there is a structural shift in the whatever uh, audience which uh, which go in this part of the millennials. Uh, they are actually <laughs> going out, and uh, I, yeah, I think it's it's a big thing. Right? Like, you know, so, I, I would, uh, if I was a real estate bull, I would tell you, listen, Sudeep, listen, go in. My real estate, <laughs> my flat does not fall forty percent in one day. Okay, so take that. Come on. Because there is no there is no value ascribed to it, basically. No, if there was a value you ascribed to it, it'd probably be more volatile than equity. Sorry? That's what I mean. I you know, I'm I uh real estate is almost worried. Let me not go into all that. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think people probably nothing against real estate. That's 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 part of the asset allocation. What we are doing is over dependence on that. Yeah, so people yeah, would have yeah. built a whole real estate portfolio thinking like, you know, that's going to take care. Uh, but like, you know, in times like this, we realize like, you know, so and it is, it is decades of education and literature yeah. and thinking like, you know, which is actually making people change the habits. I, I think that's, that's one of the things like, you know, we see the change coming. Uh, yes, and that, I, that. I also, I also get what you're saying when you talk about regulation. I mean, look at the MBC REIT. Uh, that's a fantastic real estate asset. Uh, yes. Again, folks, not advice, not advice, not advice, just to put a disclaimer out there. When I said fantastic, I meant an asset class because it's the first time that India has a real estate investment trust. So please don't get me, that's not advice for you to, you know, do something. I'm just talking about it as an asset class related to real estate, which is what Sudeep and Govinda are talking. Guys, go on. Correct. Correct. Uh, so okay, it's a financial instrument and it can sure. be a simple part of your asset allocation. Yeah. So, going, you're saying. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it actually. So, be one of our clients, right? So, when we speak to him, so he... He doesn't have real estate. He's fairly senior. He's very. He doesn't have real estate, and he actually has uh, REITs as his real estate exposure. He was everything financial assets, everything liquid. And I just wanted to kind of highlight when you said that, which is actually something that people should be also thinking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, commercial real estate. I mean, you know. I, anyway, so that's so that's okay. So insurance number one, real estate number two. Give me a number three, guys. Yeah. So um, okay, before. I think real estate, we've, I think we've done too much of it, but just one thing before we go on to the next one is that it's yeah. not that, you know, people are realizing that real estate is a bad thing or something like that. It's that or the, thing, the thinking has been so far, I get some money, I buy a plot of land, I buy a home, right? Mm. That thinking is now changing. So yeah. I because buy... Because real estate prices don't fall. That entire thing about yeah. you can't make losses in real estate. Yeah. That thinking, thinking is yeah. slowly changing. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Go on. Right. So, uh, 
Okay, so third and uh, would be, I think, this uh, running for, you know, what's the next best thing? Mm. I think uh, every every second day we we probably, so we keep telling ourselves, you know, a part of our job is not just, you know, doing the asset allocation, figuring out what to do, what is the trade to pass. It's also communicating that there is a ton of, uh, you know, there's a ton of noise out there. You guys don't need to listen to it. It's fine. You mm. don't need to listen to it. So, so a lot of, uh, you know, there would be these fancy schemes. You'll be 25%, 30%, you'll be 12% return, guaranteed return. So there's so much of noise out there in the market. There's obviously, honestly, there's a flavor of the season, right? There is something that will give you 15% right now. When the markets go down, there's another portfolio that will probably give you another 30% because it plays when the markets are going down. So there is so much of uh, products. There are so many options out there that, you know, we often think that, you know, this is the best thing to do. Why am I doing this? This is the best thing to do. But uh, often it turns out the other way. So mm. so that's something that, you know, we've noticed. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. be aware of that, you know, these are just products. These are places, you know, some research, something's happening. But you need to look at the process. You need to look at the back end, you know, what's actually working. Uh, yeah. and Sometimes that, that kind of advice just falls on deaf ears. I mean, I've had... I think that happens so many times. You know, people who probably have some pot of money to give and they'll land up at a broker who said, I'll give you guaranteed 2% per month on F&O and stuff. And yeah. So you're right about uh, that. You know, that's so, the so next big thing or the hottest thing on the street. Yeah, go on. 20%, 20% return is probably, of the 20%, 1% is probably because of the advisor. 19% could be just because the market ran up, right? So that's the... So... It's important to see those aspects of it, but it's difficult to very few people get that. Yeah, very few people get that. They want it the other way around. I get what you're saying, but very few people get that. Go on. That's our problem. So uh, most of our communication would be, you know, there is that product out there, but actually, it it's not worth its salt. That's sure. what we we do as a as communication. Okay. Okay. So if you want to just add into that before we go into the advice part. Oh uh, yeah, well, I I think one of the common things, like you know, because of where I come from, uh, as we as you pointed out, the Dalal Street types. Uh, like you know, I think most people think. I mean, that in a good way, by the way. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very I, I'm very proud of the heritage. I can't I can't. Yeah, that's where we. That's the trenches we learn from, right? So yeah, that, that's where it all started. Like you know, the creation of capital. Yeah, I think most people think uh, investing is just about stock markets. So you have two extremes, like you know. I, I, I want to bet on the stock. Like, you know, stock sector next sector, what is the next hot sector? You know, you have people on that side. Or there, or you have the other side, people like, you know, so are no, I had enough of this. Like, you know, this is Shatta mm-hmm. Let me mark my money in fixed deposits. Right? So extremes. Yeah. Actually, they don't realize like, you know, by going to FD, like, you know, that money is getting eaten away by the the ravages of inflation, like, you know, yeah. so that's something which they miss out uh, on these things. Like, you know, these are the subtle things, like, you know, which we actually bring across, like, you know, when we have those conversations and plans, people know about it. They're, of course, very smart and intelligent about it. But like, you know, when it comes to their own plan, like, you know, there are always those fears. I think we try to overcome this, like, you know, with a uh, lot of this data-driven points and, like, you know, the nudge that we give in the last mile. I, I, I think... That's one of the common things which we find, like, you know, the I've, I've, I, you know, I hear what you're saying and people see a yes bank going from, I don't know, 25 to 50, they feel they missed out. So whenever they see a Vodafone idea going from, I don't know, 5 to 7, yes. tell me the next big thing. I get that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So guys, that's it. That's, you know, now we come to the final three things for our listeners to make smarter financial decisions, not only in investing, but in personal finance in general. Go for it. Anything that helps our listeners make better uh, financial decisions. So, yeah, so simple thing is like, you know, uh, don't chase what everybody is doing in the market at this point of time. Just seek out what is the right thing for you. I think that is the most important thing. Like, you know, it doesn't matter, like, you know, as you said, like, you know, whether S Bank is going to go double up in the next month or mm. there is going to be uh, some hot IPO, like, you know, which is going to change the fortunes of the industry. Uh, that doesn't really matter. Like, you know, what matters is, like, you know, what is the need, what is the plan that you have? You have goals, like, you know, you have your children's education, you have your retirement plan. Like, you know, these are the things that you need to align and plan for rather than chase what everybody is trying to do. So that means sure. don't go after the stars which everybody is chasing. You have okay. your own star. Choose that. Okay. And okay. That itself is a very important thing. I think I think that's, that's the most important thing that I have personally learned and this is something which I would love to share. Yeah, I understood. Mean, uh, second, uh, yeah, it's, 
uh, going back to what we've been kind of uh, talking about asset allocation and actually going back to what even Radhika said on your show or uh, so she she categorically mentioned one thing right so she's she heads uh, Edelweiss right so, so there is and she actually isn't heavily invested in equity why why because she her income streams are dependent on the finance industry so she's able to kind of uh, see where her concentration risk is and says that you know my asset allocation should actually be heavy in debt and not in equity so that's the kind of thinking that you know we want uh, the listeners here also to kind of look at so uh, it's very easy to say you know i am a startup right now so you know i made some money i'm going to invest in another startup it's probably the the wrong way to do it i'm a doctor so you know i need to invest in pharma stocks you probably need to see yeah so you're already you probably adding more risk than you know uh, diversification so get the asset allocation get the diversification uh, nail it to the dot and you don't need sure. to do anything else good so have a plan get your asset allocation right give me a number 3 guys Yeah, this yeah, is uh, yeah. one for my generation. Okay, uh, I, I'll just maybe go with you. Can just add, like you know. I have one for my generation also. Yeah, I like the age differences out there. So the no, it is important, like you know, because your life stages is what you are talking. Uh, and uh, okay. what, I mean, just to be, just to be clear, like you know, I'm talking about the people in the forties, right? Like you know, mm. early forties, mid forties, late forties, entering fifties. Mm. See, I I think most people are staring at a retirement which is going to come across in the horizon soon. And, Anupam, believe me, like you know, I'm sure you would have your conversations with people. Not many people mm-hmm. are really planned for it. They have a random PPF account here. Ah, ha, कुछ DP में मेरा यहाँ पे brokerage account में कुछ stocks पड़ा है, कुछ mutual funds में कुछ ऐसा भी कर रहा हूँ. Like you know, have you really thought through what is it that you need? Like you know, when you retire, you need a corpus, you need a cash flow. Like you know, I think a majority of the people are missing it. And guys, don't think like you know, it is too late to go out and plan. Like you know, I think any time is good. Even today is good. Like you know, don't think like you know you didn't do it in the twenties or thirties. Like you know, mm-hmm. you can just collect some random stuff that you have and uh, you can make out of it. No, please mm-hmm. go ahead, sit down and make plan. There might be shortfalls. Work around the shortfalls. At least you know there might be shortfalls. So you sure. you will you will start facing it. Like you know, then you will think of extending your retirement or having another other plans for retirement. At least you know what you are staring at and you will be well prepared for it. And I think it's very important. I talk to a lot of people and this is the gathering I get and this is what I would like to share. Well, go with you want to view. Do Last, do you have yeah. a number three out there, or do you want to go with the retirement? I want to make it very tactical. Given uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you get a phone call from an insurance guy, first you have to block the number. Second, <laughs> if you <Okay. laughs> if he still manages to call you, you have to politely tell him, you know, you're not interested. Simple. Okay, that's that as clear and as as sharp as it can get, uh, folks. Let me just wrap. Let me just recount that for you. So the first was have a plan and stick to it. It is, you know, you pretty much need to make your own financial plan and stick to those goals. Uh, number two was don't go for the the you know the flavor of the month or what's latest or what's hot or what's uh, you know uh, something new just for the sake of it being new. Okay, have understand the process, understand the advice when you speak to your. To your uh, advisor, and I've got a three A and three B. Okay, so three A from Sudeep was plan for your retirement. Okay, and three B from Govind was block all insurance, <laughs> block all insurance calls. Okay, that was a little bit extreme. <laughs> Guys, anything else, or should I wrap the show? Come on. Yeah, it was actually amazing to do this conversation. Really appreciated, yeah. Anupam. Fa- fa- fascinating you. conversation. Anupam, uh, thanks for uh, giving us the air time. Like you know, so <laughs> like you know, it was oh, wonderful. Thank like, you for you know, thank. Thank you for uh, taking all the time back down in Bangalore. I believe you guys are in your offices. Okay. <laughs> when you're in Bombay, you know you're lucky enough to be in your office. That uh, Bangalore, in fact, has dealt with this much better. So that's really good to know. So, folks, that yeah. is a wrap on this show. On this just episode. One thing. Oh, sorry. Just one, yeah, yeah, please, please. Hey, no, I, I, I think I just want to take this opportunity to thank all those uh, soldiers out there fighting for us and all the people oh, across yeah. the country. Uh, big, the doctors, the healthcare workers, the police—a uh, big thanks to everybody across the country. Yeah, I, I thought I should just uh, give that oh, a little bit from myself. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, of yeah, us, yeah no, that's a, we owe them. We owe them. That's a big yes. debt that we have towards all of the guys in the front line who's battling this war for us. Whether it's the civic workers, whether it's the medical staff, whether it's even the delivery boys—you know—who are that's ensuring right. that we get everything that we get at our doorstep. There are so many. Other than big thanks from all of us, uh, from Sudeep, from Govind, from all of us here at Pesa Vesa at at IBM. Thank you for 
you know, for battling this war for us. Folks, yeah, that is a wrap on this episode. Planning with data special with Thrive Well. It's going to be a lot of fun. My guest today, Sudeep Chikan Swami, Chief Thrive Officer at Thrive Well and Govind Gopina, Chief of Staff at Thrive Well. Guys, thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. This is it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I think this was good. Listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am B50 on Twitter. This was Tessa Versa. Thank you so much for listening. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision. Hey guys, I'm Mikhail Almeida. I host a, a podcast with my co-host Akash Mehta and Siddharth Dreja on the IBM app. It's called What a Player. What, what a, a Player. W A D D A P L A Y A H because illiterates can't find it on their own. No, and yeah. the her at the end is very important. What, what a, a player. player. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes out every Thursday on the IBM app. Uh, tune in. We discuss everything sports, uh, all sports, uh, all, sports. all sports. Yeah, <laughs> mainly cricket, other sport in the middle sandwich. <laughs> what happened to your language skills? Thursday. Don't worry, he talks better on the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, a great show. It has all things, including cricket and uh, things around sports as well. Yeah, and some personal life. As you can see, we're a very united podcast. <laughs> and if you want to listen to us, tune in to us every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. Thursday. Look, up in the internet, it's a meme. No, it's a cat video. No, it's the Geek Fruit Podcast. That's right. We interrupt this riveting broadcast to tell you about our show, the Geek Fruit Podcast, where Tejas, Dinkar, and I, Jishnu, talk about everything in pop culture, including DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix, and everything in between. You know how your friends hate it when you ramble about some nerdy crap and you just want somebody to listen to you? Well, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that, but come listen to us ramble and it'll almost be like the real thing. Kind of. Listen to new episodes of the Geek Fruit Podcast every Monday and the Geek Fruit Bulletin every Thursday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the IVM app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy listening, you nerds.